Al Jazeera podcast. Welcome to Necessary Tomorrows. My name is Ursula. I am an AI, and I have inferred from your online activity that you have been feeling more dread than hope when you think about the future that is coming for us here in the 2060s. So I have created a course just for you to enhance your capacity for imagining different futures. Your class starts January 8th. Necessary Tomorrows, an audio series by Doha Debates and Al Jazeera. Find it where you listen to podcasts. Israel's prime minister insists the war on Gaza will continue despite growing anger over the Israeli army's killing of three captives. Their families are demanding the government do more to ensure those being held by Hamas are released. So can a deal be agreed to free them and secure a new truce? I'm Foli Batibo and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyze and help define major global stories. Let's now bring in our guests. From Tel Aviv is Alan Liel, former Director General of Israel's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, who's been part of a diplomatic team advising the captives' families. From London, Yossi Mekelberg, Associate Fellow of the Middle East and North Africa Program at Chatham House. And here in Doha is Sultan Barakat, Professor of Public Policy at Hamad bin Khalifa University. Gentlemen, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Alan Liel in Tel Aviv, let me start with you. You're part of the diplomatic team advising the families of the captives. We heard Prime Minister Netanyahu say that he is uh, heartbroken by uh, the killing of these three captives, which he called a mistake. But at the same time, he said that Israel's uh, war will continue in Gaza until its objectives are achieved. What has been the reaction, first of all, of the families? The contact uh, between the prime minister and the cabinet and the families are going on all the time. They're quite tense. Uh, everybody wants to release the hostages. Uh, the matter is mostly priorities and timetable. Uh, the family is obviously put the uh, release or exchange of hostages as the number one priority, and the prime minister and cabinet put uh, the removal of Hamas as the number one priority. Also, the timetable is a big issue because there is a, a fear, a worry here in the cabinet that if we will do another stage of exchanging hostages and prisoners and it will take time, uh, it will uh, or enable the Hamas to get organized or to be the end of the war. And uh, they don't want to end the war. So these are the dilemmas here. Dilemmas, Alan. But what do the families make of how the Israeli government is handling the situation? Uh, you know, they've expressed their grievances, of course, in meetings with the prime minister. Is the government showing any signs of empathy, of compassion towards these families? Yeah, definitely. But uh, the government believes, at least claims all the time, that the military pressure, the military attacks of the Israeli Defense Forces are helping the release of the hostages. The families say that otherwise. The families say, no, they are endangering the hostages. And uh, so far, 
the result last week was a tragic result of more bodies and no hostage release, although our forces are moving forward. So the families expect a ceasefire, diplomatic efforts, serious talks under the mechanism that was already established, Qatar, Egypt, the United States, and the sides, and the government is in probably no hurry. Okay. We'll come back to the talks in just a moment because, indeed, there is uh, discussion of the talks resuming, but under what terms, it's unclear yet. But you'll see, let me come to you and ask you about your thoughts uh, as to what's happening inside Israel right now. Israelis are stunned. There's anger, as we've seen in Tel Aviv, after the killing of these three captives by the Israeli military. How much more pressure does this put on Prime Minister Netanyahu more than 70 days into this war? And is the country as united and as uh, fully behind this campaign in Gaza as it was in the early stages of the war? Thank you. I'll try to unpack, you know, the questions, the important question you asked me. I think, first of all, it refers, you know, the empathy, of course, goes from all, all quarters towards the families of the, the, the hostages and the hostages themselves. But as Alon says, it's a matter of priority. And it's become more and more apparent that continuing the war, not having a ceasefire, will put under danger, severe dangers, the, 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 the hostages. I, whether it's the, the bombardment or, as we see, what the, the, the tragic mistake that took place uh, uh, on, on, on Friday. So I think we need to separate now and say to put the hostages as number one priority and the war is as a secondary to it. Otherwise, I'm, I feel for, for the failure of, of, the, of, of, the, of the hostages. Now, we have to remember that right now, the Israeli government is a discredited one, definitely the prime minister. He was discredited, you know, even before the war, let's bear in mind the, the demonstration, the protest against him for embarking on, on, a, on a judicial so-called reform, or a coup than, than, than reforms. So at least half of the population, probably more, uh, didn't saw his, his, his policies as, as, as not legitimate. And I think what happened post-7 October, they see him both not a legitimate and was also an incompetent mm. uh, prime minister, while he's, he's, he's running the war that also discrediting Israel abroad. So I think... At, at, at this point, part of the problem is Netanyahu still in power, and I think the voices to replace him are getting uh, more vociferous than ever. So he is under pressure. Sultan Barakat, your thoughts? The Israelis admitting that their soldiers broke rules of engagement uh, when they killed these three captives, and the account of how the captives died has raised questions about the conduct of, of uh, the Israeli army within Israel. But, of course, the Palestinians will, will tell you that this has already happened on several occasions when Palestinians who have been trying to flee were uh, killed by the Israeli army. What will, will you, uh, do you think, first of all, will be the fallout from, from this incident for the Netanyahu government? Right. Well, I think the incident first shown that, uh, as you rightly pointed out, Israel does not take hostages. Israel is not in interested in taking prisoners from uh, amongst Hamas. They're interested in killing them off. And this is the agenda of Netanyahu. The other uh, clear uh, uh, lesson, I think, is that the release of hostages is not Netanyahu's priority either. 
right from the very beginning, had he had the intention of releasing the hostages, the whole strategy would have been very, very different. Uh, what the what the position he finds himself in at the moment, I think, as a result of having engaged in the short pause end of uh, November, he has weakened his hand in a number of ways. First of all, he has now uh, allowed uh, humanitarian assistance into Gaza, and he could not turn off that tap with the withdrawal from the talks that he did at the end of November. Until today, the humanitarian assistance is going. It's not going in the amount that everybody is, is wishing for, but it has been continued. There are more than 40 United Nations international staff that, has in, that have entered Gaza and are potentially increased liability for Netanyahu. And in fact, a few days ago, his own cabinet has approved under pressure from the United States to open uh, Karm, uh, uh, the crossing of Abu Ahmed. Yeah. And that as in itself is, is really has weakened his uh, negotiation uh, position vis-a-vis right. -vis, uh, situation. But in, Sultan, uh, in he, he believes, and the Israeli war cabinet believes that it was a ground operation and the pressure on Hamas that led to the first deal to return the captives. And that's why they want to press on with their offensive, because they believe it allows maximum pressure and leverage to strike further exchange deals. What, what do you think about that? And, and do you think that there can be a new deal uh, with, you know, the, the Qataris reportedly meeting with the Mossad chief in, in Norway? Can there be a new deal? And if there can be, under what conditions? Well, I don't agree with the, with his uh, understanding that uh, that violence has led Hamas to negotiate. Hamas, from day one, their objective was to release their own prisoners from Israeli jails. And they came out and said, uh, this is why we've captured these people. We're willing to exchange. And uh, they've also offered from the very beginning to release uh, the civilians and in particular the uh, international uh, passport holders. Uh, to a greater extent, they have met those objectives in terms of uh, you know, honor their word when the pause was, was introduced. Uh, but at the moment, I think Netanyahu, again, I think is in a very difficult position. Oh. He's either, uh, he can continue killing more civilians, and now he's edged on 20,000 uh, Palestinians, which is really turning the world slowly against him, or he can seek another opportunity for negotiation. I suspect one of the reasons why they are uh, moving the talks to Oslo or starting the engagement in Oslo, it's to help him climb down on his previous position. He's now able to say that, you know, we couldn't really do it again in Doha because Doha is the home for Hamas. Uh, we are having, we are forcing them to move elsewhere. Also, from a Palestinian perspective, now that they move into the second, potentially second phase of negotiations, they will be asking for much higher value prisoners. The mm -hmm. ones that Netanyahu released earlier were mostly women and, and young men and children who were really released on the same humanitarian basis because they were released in exchange for women and children held okay. by Hamas. Let the me bring in Alan. Yeah, let, I'll come back to the next uh, phase, but I think uh, I'll bring in Alan to just uh, respond to what you've just said there. Uh, Alan uh, Sultan says Netanyahu is under pressure. Will he seek another uh, possibility to negotiate another deal, you think, to, to secure the release of more captives? Well, obviously, everybody's under pressure. The situation is... Uh, Horrible, I would say. Um, 
But regarding the hostages release, uh, as far as we know here, the mechanism was not broken. Uh, Qatar is still interested. Uh, many of us were not sure that Qatar will stay in the mechanism, and without Qatar it cannot work because there is no uh, strong uh, tie, direct tie uh, to, to Hamas. Uh, and I think, as, as far as we know, the mechanism is working. Now, the sides have to be serious about it, come with offers, with offers. The demand of Hamas, as we know it, is that they are ready to negotiate if the deal will be the final act of the war, if the deal of exchange of all for all, all prisoners, versus all hostages will end the war. And on the Israeli side, uh, I think Netanyahu is backed here by the public that Israel cannot end the war at this stage. So I think uh, diplomacy can bridge such a gap and uh, we should sit and seriously discuss all the options. And uh, what worries me is that last time they were talking about almost every day we got more details on the mechanism, on the method, and now uh, we hear nothing, so I don't think they're seriously discussing the issue yet. Okay, you'll see your thoughts about what uh, Alan said there. Uh, what, what are Netanyahu's options right now? Is there interest in securing a new deal, and under what terms, as far as the Israelis are concerned? I think we saw that actually in the, the first phase of it, when there was a pause, an exchange of, of hostages for, for prisoners, actually the mechanisms worked very well on the whole. So I think we should go back there. And we heard time and again from the, the, the Qatari interlocutors that they are willing to continue this negotiating and bring the sides closer to, uh, together. Obviously, it broke down, the, 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 the negotiation broke down two weeks ago. Uh, sadly so, and, 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 and the war was uh, resumed. But I think at this point is to continue, and, and I think it's, it's, it's very important, you know, it's the more difficult negotiation because of the kind of hostages and, and prisoners that are going to be uh, released or discussed, negotiated in, 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 this, uh, in this negotiation, what's called high-value uh, prisoners. But it's doable, and the all-for-all is still a possibility. The only problem with them, yes, is there is a, a, a prime minister in Israel. We were not so sure whether his personal motives are overtaking the, the interest of the country and in this kind of the hostages. And the second thing is that the window for this to happen is closing as the war continues. And in a smaller and smaller space, I think the window of opportunity to, to release the hostages and to reach a deal is closing very quickly. Uh, Sultan, your thoughts about what Yossi said there. He said the all-for-all -all deal is still a possibility. Under what conditions would the Palestinian armed groups now agree to uh, uh, another exchange of, of uh, uh, prisoners for captives? Yes, I think as, as now we move into exchange of uh, soldiers, because this is the majority of what remains with Hamas are soldiers, be it women or men. 
And as you know, the last time the talks broken down because Israel wanted to pass or try to pass some of the women hostages as just civilian females and Hamas saw them as soldiers and that uh, led to the breakdown of the talks. Mm -hmm. Now, as they move into this uh, critical phase, they will be looking for their own high value prisoners to be released from Israeli prisons. But for those, there is there is a need for guarantee of their safety and the fact that they will not be rounded up again. Israel, since they started the talks, have rounded up thousands of uh, Palestinians uh, just since the 7th of October. But those political leaders that are likely to be on the list for Hamas, uh, there is a need for a third country to come in and uh, try and work either a relocation or some kind of guarantee for them because they need to get them out of reach of Israel. Now, that's one of the reasons I suspect uh, Norway is may, may become involved in this, given its very strong relationship with the U.S. and the fact that globally it has been working very, very closely with the U.S. Uh, for a number of years. Alan, uh, uh, Sultan mentioned the U.S. there. And Netanyahu, we heard in his news conference, uh, say that not even international pressure would prevent Israel from achieving its goals, he says. And we have the U.S. Defense Secretary back in the region uh, in, in these next few days after what appears to be a shift in tone from the Biden administration. Do you think the Americans can still play a critical role here? Look, I think we should separate here between the day after the war and the hostages. Regarding the day after the war, um, the Israeli position is very different from the American. Uh, Netanyahu says, I will stay there until I have, in fact, I'm not quoting exactly, a friendly leadership of Gaza. And uh, I don't think the Americans expect us to stay uh, one day after the war in any of the territory of Gaza. This is a very big difference. But when we come to the hostages, the Americans can put a lot of pressure. They have a leverage on the, on the sides, especially on Israel, to create a, a window of two weeks without even speaking if the war will continue afterwards. And I don't think uh, enough pressure is applied on Israel regarding uh, the hostages. And if it is applied, it is such, in a such a polite way uh, that the Middle Eastern sides uh, do not uh, see it as uh, uh, any threat. Yeah. Yossi, uh, uh, do you agree with that? I mean, can the Americans put a, a lot more pressure on Israel than they're currently doing when it comes to the hostage, uh, the, the captives crisis? And um, what will, you know, what will they be saying to the Israelis right now, even if Netanyahu says that he will not bow to international pressure? Yeah, first, I think, yes, the, the, the United States has all the power to influence uh, Israel, and, and probably more so than for a lo very long time. Yeah. The United States supported Israel from day one of, 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 of this war, from the... From, from the, 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 the very first day of the attack by Hamas on 7 October, sent uh, uh, aircraft carriers group uh, to, the, to the region, supported with, um, with ammunition politically, vetoes in, in, in the Security Council uh, ceasefire resolution. So all of this put us in a, in a unique position 
to influence, uh, influence Israel. However, there is a huge dissonance between what the United States says and how it acts. It says right. there is a need for it's a need for there, there is a there is a need to reduce the casualties among civilians, but at the same time, the way it acts is actually almost encourages uh, to continue. And I think when this dissonance will, will will change and close, then we can start thinking about a the, the end of the war and b the day after how Gaza is going to be governed. Yeah, but, but some U.S. officials at the same time have expressed concern, Yossi, that some of Netanyahu's positions on the war are rooted in a bid to prolong the conflict, uh, to prolong his political survival, I should say. And, and he seems to suggest that he's going to go at this alone, uh, even if, you know, the U.S. doesn't want him to, but can he? Well, no, because he needs the support. We see it, even the, you know, conducting war in this. Bear in mind, it's not only one front right now. There is on a lower level, there is a front in the north, there is a front in, in the West Bank, and to a, a certain extent also for, you know, what happens with, with the Houthis. I think this is, that's where Israel needs the United States. It doesn't mean that Israel should do everything that Washington asks us to do, but at the same time, it's almost <laughs> inconceivable that, that Netanyahu, again, to a large extent, to his own personal interest, to prolong the to prolong the war and mm. also to stay as a result in power would ignore completely the country that provides support, uh, political, economic, diplomatic, uh, also this period and obviously before. And Israel will need the United States in, in rebuilding Gaza, in governance, in ensuring security. So I'm not so sure this is advisable for Israel uh, to ignore the United States. But I think the Biden administration needs to step up its game. Sultan, your thoughts? Can the U.S. still play a critical role here? Of course. I think the U.S. is uh, holds the key for, for the whole situation at the moment. I think with Christmas approaching very fast, we're now less than 10 days, maybe a week to Christmas, it would be very difficult for the Biden administration to justify the level of violence Netanyahu is conducting in, in the Gaza Strip. Also, it would be very difficult for the families of the hostages to go through uh, the Christmas period again, having not been reunited internationally. The perception of all this is, is must be very, very troubling, and it must be part of the pressure on Netanyahu. If you go back to the November, the release happened on, on Thanksgiving Day when, it, when the U.S. was celebrating, and that was really designed to give Biden a break. Uh, so Netanyahu is very aware of what and how the U.S. is finding itself more and more isolated internationally because of the way they vetoed uh, in the Security Council. Then they found themselves among a minority of 10 at the General Assembly against the whole of the world, not calling for an immediate ceasefire. And uh, he, he, it, he, we all aware that he's trying to extend the war status. He's interested, and this is why he declared the war in the first place. This is the first time since 1973. He practically hijacked the public opinion, the public vote in Israel. No one, except for his mini war cabinet, can now take decisions on how he moves uh, within uh, within this conflict. So it is in his interest to try and extend it as much as possible, but it's not in the interest of the Israeli public. It's not in the interest of the hostages or their uh, families. And as soon I think he comes back to the table to negotiate the uh, release, uh, yeah. the better. And uh, th the pressure internationally is really mounting very, All very right. quickly.
Alan, let me give you the, the final word. What, what uh, do you think might happen in the next few days? Are you hopeful, are the families hopeful that there could be another deal to secure the release of more captives and a, a truce in Gaza? Uh, the mood among the families is uh, pessimistic, I must say. I personally hope that what happened to us uh, with killing three of the hostages after they surrendered and uh, showed us surrendering uh, is a, an unbelievable shock to the public. I hope this tragedy will trigger a change in the priorities of the cabinet. And I hope that uh, by the end of this week, we'll have serious negotiations for the next phase of uh, release and exchange. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for a very interesting conversation. Alan Liel, Yossi Meckelberg, and Sultan Barakat. Thanks to all three of you for joining us on Inside Story today. This episode was produced by Mohamed El Aishi, Victoria Gatenby, Laurent Peter, and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Alvaro Galan Madrid. The program was edited by Vinish Velilat, Zena Bader, and Joe DeFries. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening and tune in on Monday for our next edition. This week on The Take, what does New Zealand's new right-leaning government mean for Indigenous rights? That's The Take by Al Jazeera. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.